0: Wow. Yeah.
1: To episode number 32 of the Retro Wrestling Podcast, I'm intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick... What do you bring to us from the world of professional wrestling in this, the first week of May 2017? Not much, man. Sorry I'm late. Oh, it's okay. I had a nice little run-in conversation
2: with Jimmy Hart, so we had a nice little lunch-slash-dinner-type deal at 4 in the afternoon. So Name dropping right off the bat. Uh, Why not? You know, screw it. Who gives a shit? If you don't like it, kiss my ass. Uh, no, man. It was awesome to see Jimmy, even though we just seen him like two, three a weeks ago. ago. Yeah. yeah WrestleMania. At, uh, but we really didn't get to talk that much. And this time we did. We talked a lot. We talked uh, about Kaufman and that whole scenario and and to get his perspective on it in person it's really cool
1: so yeah and no. what was uh jimmy hart doing in rome georgia
2: he's in rome doing a uh, a show Managing. he was just yeah he was just the name coming in to manage to be a part of the show and uh draw some money yeah make some money man make that money that's what you got to, you know, that's what you do in wrestling. That's one thing Bobby Heenan taught anybody and everybody when you get in the business, make as much money as possible.
1: Take it from Bobby Heenan. Bobby, you look very sunburned. I way. am,
2: man. I am very very How did sunburned. you get sunburned? I worked on my new truck. You worked on a new truck? Yes. What I, was wrong
1: with a new truck.
2: Nothing was wrong with it. I just wanted to fix the uh the bed liner and oh, make okay. it make it just pristine the way I wanted it and uh and in the process of doing that at the farm I got burnt. Yeah, so. you
1: got a nice redneck tan going on. I really do. It's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, it, it's Were you wearing gloves or something? No, it's I'm got not. a very distinct stopping point on your. Yeah, head. I don't know either. It's kind of <laughs> weird. But uh, you are going to need some aloe vera my friend. Yeah, I am I am like a
2: lobster, red lobster. Let me tell you. I am
1: You don't bronze well. No. Yeah, well that's that's what happens when you live in the south. Anyway. It
2: is what it is, brother.
1: And you hang out inside a lot of the time. That's right. right. Yeah. When uh, you're... Well the pollen is so bad you can't go outside, so. You can't.
2: And I just I said forget it and I'm just, I want to fix this. It was bothering me, so I did it and
1: And it probably wasn't that hot outside, so you didn't even realize it was happening. It was
2: 67 degrees today. You see how like, how burnt I got. 67 degrees. This is insane.
1: Yeah. This the, is crazy. The sun doesn't care. I mean, people go snow skiing and get sunburnt really yeah. bad. Just off the reflection of the, the snow. Yeah. Take it easy this week, pal.
2: I'm going to try. On your arms, especially. do I uh, don't need Ric Flair giving me a chop on them. That would be...
1: No, Ric Flair needs to give a chop to whoever keeps leaking pictures of his daughter naked on the internet, I think.
2: Oh, and we're jumping right into the news. Yes, we'll start straight off with that one. Charlotte Flair has naked pictures hacked and sent all over the internet. She sends out a post saying
1: that they need to be taken down immediately. They need to be taken
2: down immediately. And, uh, and uh, they won't be. Uh, no. Because it's
1: the internet. They're And, and they're
2: all over the place. And uh, this keeps happening. And it's going to
1: continue to happen.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, somebody put out a, uh, a thing saying is it uh is is all of these hackings hurting the family friendly WWE you know persa- I, I persona think... of family friendly
1: entertainment No, I don't think it matters at all really. Oh, really? Because, yeah, because a kid or whoever would have to go seeking this out. This isn't like if you're a teenager though, I'm pretty sure you're seeking it out. Let's be honest. But, I mean, mean, I I don't think it hurts the... It's not company... If they were in Playboy, which is like a company-sponsored activity, I could see that being a a condemnation of the brand. Like, the brand is doing this, but, I mean, these people are victims of crime. I mean, this is... This was personal stuff stolen from the these uh, female wrestlers, and so uh, no, I don't think it hurts the company's image at all. And I mean, nothing will. I mean, the the, the women shouldn't be punished for this. I mean, they're, no. they're victims. So. They are victims, and you know they've got to be really aware, though. I mean, we mentioned it before, and I mean, anytime you put anything on the internet, just assume that somebody might get a hold of it someday. I mean, there are there are non-famous who, people who sends
2: pictures, naked pictures through the internet. Period.
1: Well, I mean, we don't know where this came from. I mean, it could have been as easy as she goes and does a match, leaves her phone in her bag. Someone comes get her phone, you know, forwards them to their email or whatever. Right. It could be as simple as that. So it doesn't even have to necessarily be on a computer. There's just so many ways that people can go about getting it. This might be pictures she sent to an ex-boyfriend that... He leaked, you know. Well, see,
2: that's what the Caitlyn stuff turned out to be. We don't know for a fact. This is strictly speculation. We don't know. But uh, WWE's Caitlyn ended up getting a divorce from her husband last month and seems to think that maybe he was the one that leaked the pictures of her.
1: Yeah, you never know who it's going to be. I mean, it could be a wrestling fan. It could be just a random person that just found pictures and put them out there. Yeah. Um, Apparently,
2: Alexa Bliss had some come out, but she's denying that it's her that they're doctored.
1: Yeah. You just uh,
2: you never know, and and so I mean this this but this is getting way out of hand, man. It's like I I texted you the day that they came out, and I said, you know, they don't care who whose reputation they're ruining. They don't care whose you know whose feelings
1: they. They, well, the effect they that it has on the performers, right? Because I mean, they people that aren't famous get their photos hacked sometimes. So you know, it doesn't. It's not exclusive to famous or semi-famous people, but it's really it's an invasion of privacy. And uh, you know, you're on the road as a wrestler, and you're hopping on all these Wi-Fi networks with your phone, your computer. You're you're logging into different like your email maybe on a strand, maybe on the hotel lobby computer, and maybe you don't log out. Like it could be anything. Like, yeah. You just have to. I mean, as soon as you take those pictures. With any kind of digital device, you need to. I think they should almost hire like not a PR person, but like an IT person to keep up, keep track of all their shit, so they know. And someone for WWE, held, yeah, absolutely. Or just someone that someone that's held accountable. That yeah, it's their one job to protect
2: my privacy,
1: my online
2: privacy, or my my texts. Yeah, and your footprint, like, your my, digital footprint. Your di- there you go, digital footprint. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's unfortunate. She'll be fine. as uh, oh. Yeah. I mean, everything will be fine. It's just, uh, it's unfortunate that it doesn't really matter who you are or what you do or what kind of life you lead as long as they, and it doesn't even have to be nude photos. I mean, it could be anything. Anything you don't want out there gets released. It's unfortunate that it continues to happen, but yeah. that's the world we live in now. So
2: Jake Evans from Lucha Underground collapsed this past weekend in Tijuana, Mexico due to a move that he took in the ring. Now reports are coming out saying that it was a hoax.
1: Yes, ProWrestlingSheet.com reports that, well, they originally reported the injury and have since retracted the story. They've received info from multiple sources saying the whole thing was just an angle, and he was walking around backstage after the show. Okay, here's my
2: problem. My medical history, a lot of people don't know this, I have had two seizures in my entire life. If you play off like you're having a seizure in the ring, and it's a joke, that's taking, taking it way too far. Agreed? I mean this probably wasn't a televised event like no it just was to
1: try to get to get a viral story going yeah I mean...
2: That's taking it too far. Yeah, I mean, you
1: could do a broken leg angle or something like that. Something where people don't think, oh, he might die. Yeah. I mean, that's...
2: Because this literally had people breaking character to the point that it was, oh my God, like, holy shit, we need to get him help now. EMTs. Is there a doctor in the house? Kind of shit. It was that bad.
1: I mean, especially a couple of years ago when you had that uh, Mexican wrestler die in the ring with the Rey Mysterio match. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't play around with stuff like that. And I mean, he didn't get medical attention right at first because they didn't Conan or whoever was ringside didn't know Right how serious it was and so you can't have people faking that kind of When you get to that extreme that's too far Well because, when it's a medical emergency Right time. I mean imagine if like Jerry Lawler just faked uh, well I mean WCW had heart attack angles with Ric Flair Okay so that this was is, yeah so, I mean, this is something that's been done before, but it's been a long time since a mainstream company on television has done this angle, but as far as, if you're an independent wrestler like this Jack Evans, or, I mean, he he works for Lucha Underground every once in a while, this is not a good way to generate viral interest in your story, but it, it's worked because now we know who Jack Evans is, because yeah. we didn't know I, ca- I call him
2: Jake, sorry it's Jack. But I mean, it's, it's, I have had two, and now they were due to work-related stuff outside of the wrestling range however with that being said i lived through it i'm okay luckily cheated death twice but that's still taking it too far i mean you don't play around to that extreme that that's just not not good not good publicity and that's just bad taste
1: yeah if anything it just hurts his uh his chances cr- of getting hired by a wwe in new japan because they don't want that kind of bullshit going no
2: on. Your credibility is, you know, and I came into this show thinking, "Wow, dude, this." I feel sorry for this guy, and it wasn't until you did a little research just five minutes ago before we got on air that we found out apparently it is a hoax. Then that makes my whole persona of him. You know what? Fuck you, dude. <laughs> All right, because <laughs> that is that's not right, man. You don't do that. It's like you were saying, "What if Jerry Lawler faked his heart attack?" Like that's not cool. You yeah, know, and luckily he didn't. I mean, right. it was a legitimate problem. You can't. You can't. Try a wolf too many times in the wrestling business because then when something serious does happen, then like that guy with, with Ray, you know, he ended up just he died.
1: I, I just think there's a different. I think there you can take it to a certain point. As far as gimmicked injuries, I mean, like, Roman Reigns and his possible separated shoulder at the hands of Braun Strowman, that's acceptable, because no one's going home thinking, Roman Reigns might die, you know? Right. Like, anything past that, where it's like, maybe he's not gonna make it through this, and it's all a hoax, yeah, that's, that's bullshit. Billy Corgan now... Of okay. the Smashing Pumpkins. Now owns NWA Wrestling. Well, he owns the brand NWA, which, Patrick, the brand NWA doesn't have a lot of value in Well, I mean, it does because we have, in, in our area,
2: uh, which I've worked for him, NWA Atlanta. We have NWA Smoky Mountain, which is up in Knoxville, Tennessee. And we're based in Chattanooga, so I'm two hours either way. But we have, there's a lot of NWA shows around where the National Wrestling Alliance, there is still credibility there. Harley Race runs World League Wrestling through the National Wrestling Alliance. So, I mean... There's still, and it's not to the extreme it was in the sixties, seventies, eighties. This
1: is more of a this is a licensing agency, basically. If. If you open up an indie show and then you say, I'll pay you the NWA X amount of dollars to throw the NWA logo on there, that's basically what it is, and that gives you some credibility among wrestling fans. So that's really what it is. I mean, this company hasn't been, on a national scale, prominent since uh, the dissolution of the relationship with Impact Wrestling several years ago. Uh, Billy Corgan really likes wrestling, and he really wants to waste his money in it, and so he'll lose a lot of money. He'll make a hell of a lot more doing the NWA
2: stuff than he will working for impact or well, owning impact true. i mean
1: that's well that's kind of the beauty of this investment i think is because uh it's not a money losing operation i mean it's already at the it doesn't have enough revenue there's only there's only up from there yeah there's only upside to this investment i mean you can't it's already out of money so you can't lose any more money basically right. so you know the short time he was with impact wrestling tna i don't really know what his Impact was, no pun intended, in the business as far as what he contributed backstage or what... A lot of the wrestlers enjoyed him being there. They thought he was really nice to work with from what I've read, but as far as his contributions, I mean, Impact Wrestling, even since the Anthem acquisition, has not gotten any more prominent. I mean, outside of people that like the Smashing Pumpkins, when you say the name Billy Corgan, it's not going to set... I didn't know who the hell he was. Yeah, it's not going to set out... Oh, it's Billy Corgan. Oh, well, let me... I don't really know what to say about it, but other right. than it's cool that he's a wrestling fan and he's got a lot of money and he's willing to invest in it. So as, as long as there are people like that, I, that's good. That's that's only a good thing for yeah. Uh, the Yeah, if, if
2: there's somebody that has money and star power like that, it can always help the business. Maybe Billy Corgan can revamp the NWA and make it mainstream. It,
1: it, it's good that uh, someone that, that's a fan of the business is, is the one doing the investing because a lot of times it's corporations I mean, right. Sinclair that owns Ring of Honor. I don't think the CEO of Sinclair knows what pro wrestling is, but they own this company. Not that Ring—I mean, Ring of Honor makes the money that it makes, and it, it's successful to what it can do. You're right. But it, imagine if if someone that really loved the business was operating it how different it would be
2: instead of a corporation if it was somebody who was actually invested in wrestling owned it they would put more emphasis on hey let's marketing right it. let's let's put them let's put them instead of a 300 seater let's put them in a twenty thousand seater or a fifty thousand seater like mckenzie arena and see what we can pull
1: yeah or invest in production and things that fans like you know? right so. i mean
2: i'm not saying the georgia dome or anything like that yeah rest in peace But I'm just saying, you know, like a McKenzie Arena or Phillips Arena, do a big show there and see what happens. Speaking of Ring of Honor, Bully Ray makes his debut in Ring of Honor this past week.
1: Yeah, he had done the... He was involved with the angle with the Young Bucks and the Hardys, so he was already on TV. I mean, is he wrestling?
2: Yes, he's uh, wrestling, and this is more or less his, uh, this is more of the Bully Ray gimmick, not Bubba.
1: Well, of course, I mean, because he owns the Bully Ray gimmick, so the WWE with this last Dudley's run really missed the boat, uh, as far as, at the end of the year, their one-year contract, they should have let, they should have let Devon go, and yeah, and let Bubba run as Bully Ray because, for the most part, on both shows, Raw and Smackdown, they're sort of live on heels on top heels yeah credible heels I mean Jinder Mahal's well on his way, Patrick, but you could have plugged in a Bubba Ray, a Bully Ray, gotten another year out of the guy, and just had him put guys over, but still, I mean, he's so good on the mic and he didn't, they didn't use that at all.
2: Well, instead of having, you have the uh, the Hardys, and we'll jump on them here in a second, but Dudley's leaving, Hardys coming in, you could have crossed that and had like a Dudley's, Hardys one more time top deal. You know, that's I think they missed the, the boat on that one.
1: Yeah, well, timing is just a weird thing in wrestling, too. I mean, but, uh, contracts I'll have to line up. Right. Even though he's in his 40s or whatever, he's still got a lot to offer, especially on the microphone.
2: Yeah. And, you know, and the Dudleys are running their 3D Academy.
1: Yeah. And so. And this. So working an independent schedule might be easier for someone like, I mean, this might have been his choice all along. And
2: Devon, Devon, to my knowledge, is ready to just hanging. He's it up. retired. Yeah, he's ready to fully hang it up and just strictly do training. Where Bubba still wants to do more in
1: ring stuff and I think he'd make a great manager if he was ever to not want to wrestle anymore like oh his mic skills is through the roof i i agree yeah i mean even back in the days of the Dudley boys when he would rile up the crowds oh
2: man that video of him talking about that woman is hilarious that (laughs) i mean that still gets me every time speaking of heels though batista says he wants to actually give up acting and come back to wwe full time do you see that happening
1: It went so badly for him last time that they are going to... And now that he's got the success of these two movies, he wants to be treated like The Rock as far as well, how think, much money they give him. And
2: and I think he's realizing that he's always going to be a B or C player in movies. He's not going to be that star role.
1: He's just not as charismatic in interviews. Part of this is playing the role in interviews and and being being somebody that people want to see even when it's not in a movie. I mean, The Rock does reality shows. He's got Ballers on HBO. He's on anytime Rock hosting SNL coming up here in 2 weeks. Yeah, and that he's he's been on there what? Like 4 4, or five, four times. Or
2: 5 times now. Yeah.
1: And I saw Batista was out promoting Guardians of the Galaxy 2 this week, which had a huge opening weekend. It, it made like 45 million dollars more than the original. Wow. Um which so it this is this is a big big blockbuster, but he was on Good Morning America, I think, on Thursday. I happened to be watching it. I was watching it at work, and he has no charisma, though. He was sitting there with his hands crossed, looking down, and just mumbling through his answers, and, sorry, Dave, you're going to have to work on that kind of stuff if yeah. you want to get on Dwayne Johnson's level. Uh, right, yeah. And have the company treat you like a megastar, because The Rock is, like, the highest grossing movie actor for, like, the last ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Between the Fast and the Furious films and everything else that he's done, like, well, and
2: Cena's on its way. He's on his way to being the next one,
1: right? His uh, True Grit or American the, Grit is coming yeah. out here in a few weeks on Fox. So I don't really know how you would book, uh, but uh, but you'd have to book Batista as a heel. That's what they didn't do when he came back. They tried to push him as a baby face, and it just yeah. was a disaster. It, it's not.
2: It can't work. I don't even think you book him as a heel either. I think he's almost he's past Roman Reigns in, in the hate. Category to the point of people will flat out turn their TVs off instead of seeing
1: him. To do one-offs though, I mean, if he comes in for a mania match or a SummerSlam match, that, that's
2: Just don't give him the main event.
1: Yeah, don't have him win the Royal Rumble. Yeah, don't don't do that shit. And then have him face Randy Orton for the 900th time. The Raw ratings Ooh, were the lowest, bad. lowest they have been in almost 15 years, from well, what I was told. I was perusing the uh, the Twitterverse. On our Retro Wrestling Podcast Twitter, which I only follow with that account, mainly wrestling fans and wrestlers, and that way my timeline's not bogged down with anything else, but, well, you know what these Roman Reigns fans would tell you, Patrick. What? Because Roman Reigns wasn't on the show on Monday. That's why the ratings were down, my friend.
2: Actually, the ratings were down because Raw has sucked for quite a few weeks now.
1: Well, anytime on social media you disagree with somebody, I have to just bite my tongue. I don't want to get into a fight with them oh, or whatever. No. See, or try to get into a discussion. That's the, You can't have a discussion on social media, Patrick. It has to be a But that's on... the fun because I love even pissing fans off that give me a hard time. So you No, know, what I wanted to say to the Roman Reigns uh, fans that were saying, oh, the ratings were low because Roman wasn't on the show. Well, Roman wasn't advertised or not advertised for the show. So you already tuned into it. You didn't know if he'd show up. Yeah. So, it made no fucking difference, because it wasn't like they sent out a press release, no Roman Reigns this week. Right. It wasn't like a giant billboard that said, no Roman Reigns, don't bother watching this week. So, it didn't make a difference. The ratings don't have anything to do with who's advertised, who appears on the show. It just has to go with the quality of the show, and I actually thought Raw this week was okay. It was one of the better episodes of Raw they've done in a few weeks, but I do think that Vince, who didn't make the trip out to California for Raw, he's starting to scale back his Traveling, I do think Vince though will sit back and say, "Well, Roman wasn't on the show, so I guess that's what went wrong."
2: Oh God, I
1: hope. See, not. that's what I think happens. Um, but yeah, they were really low ratings. But also, you've got NBA playoffs going on, you've got NHL playoffs going on. I mean, you've got a lot of competition from just every form of media, and so and the company, you know, over the last few years has been trying to emphasize other things like YouTube views and response on social media and network subscriptions and other indicators of their Like, if they're trending on Twitter, they always brag about. So Harley Race,
2: I'm stealing this from him, Harley Race has this great catchphrase. Shut up and wrestle. WWE, just shut up and wrestle. Don't worry about everything else. Just do wrestling. Forget the rest of everything else. Just do what you're good at. Who cares about everything else?
1: Well, I thought for the most part, Raw was pretty loyal to that there wasn't a lot of long talking segments on raw
2: well i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the youtube stuff and worrying about you know making movies and worrying about trending on twitter and shut up who gives a shit do wrestling the the crowd will come to you if you do what you've always done because
1: they have so far ratings aren't a very good metric of your success i don't think
2: how are ticket sales? Because because you just came off of a WrestleMania a year and a half ago of being uh, over a hundred thousand people. You come off of ref- WrestleMania this year of over seventy something thousand people. So I mean, obviously ticket sales
1: are there at least for that event. Also, I mean, Payback was such a terrible pay per view the uh, night before. Yeah, did did Payback leave anybody saying? Oh, I gotta gotta see what happens after that. The House of Horrors.
2: Well, you wanna jump into it? Let's jump into it. House of Horrors match. What
1: the hell was I watching? I... Did not watch it that night. I actually watched it just a couple of days ago because I had heard, you know, the description from everybody about what it was. It was shit. It wasn't even that horrible of a house. It was a pretty nice house, honestly. It just had some baby dolls hanging from the ceiling in a couple of rooms. Right. And, and a giant
2: hole that, you know, through the wall that you can reach through and grab Brandy
1: by the throat. So. Right. And, uh, and a tractor that drives backwards by itself for a second. And then, well, the falling refrigerators, you've really got to watch out for those.
2: Yeah, make sure you bolt those to the walls, kids.
1: But the idea of scary Bray Wyatt... Hopping in a limo and riding back to the arena is a bizarre thing. Okay, and my, my... And it was the limo that Randy Orton showed up in. Right. So the driver didn't even... Ki- I mean, who was driving this thing? You would know I didn't pick up the same guy I dropped off. Also, it was nighttime when it was on the West Coast. It was still daylight outside on the West Coast. They made people that bought tickets to this arena sit and watch a pre-tape match. I mean... Yeah. And they booed... And chanted boring all throughout the, the match This that was, was being
2: shown This was their mentality of trying to do the
1: uh, Total non-stop deletion Well, sorry guys And it, it failed well, because they wanted it to be serious, I guess. They can't figure out what what worked with all that Matt Hardy stuff is that you knew that it was tongue in cheek that it's it's a B a B movie. It, it's shitty. It's supposed to be funny. Right. Sort of. You know, it's right. not you know, broken Matt Hardy is not scary. He's just it's all for entertainment. You know, they they take this Bray Wyatt character and they, they can't figure out do we wanna make it all the way serious or do we wanna make it funny and it just ends up not doing either of those things and it ends up being nothing and i would have to say it's my number one worst match of the year for 2017 and oh yeah we're all already and we're just through we're just through may yeah and i've already got my number one worst we match just of the year. started month number
2: five of a 12 month year and yeah
1: without a doubt. I mean, it's not even
2: close. Well, I wanted to see this match so I went home after we got done taping Well, we've talked about it it before,
1: you know there are no such things as bad gimmicks until it's time for the execution of said gimmick. You can pitch a House of Horrors match, but if you have something to back it up, like, it might turn out I mean, it might be the next War Games. A House of Horrors match, and I'm going
2: into it thinking it's like a... A cage Yeah, a cage or a a cage of barbed wire or, you know, and with Weapons wrapped around the inside. I'm, I'm going into it thinking. Horrible things. Yeah, I'm thinking it's like a torture chamber type <laughs> yeah. match. You know, like these, these dudes are going to have to really lace up. I'm thinking it's going to be like a Mick Foley, you know, Japan type Mick Foley Terry Funk type match. This was shit. No, this you was... can't call it a House of Horrors match and just send them into this abandoned. Rundown
1: house. Be like, fight through every room. The House of Horrors is listed. You can buy it. It's $36,000. So this was a house that was listed for sale. It's a f- bit of a fixer-upper, but it's really uh, not a, that bad of a house. A bit of one? Well, when they went plowing through the wall, I guess, that was... uh It's gonna take some uh, patching up, but I mean, it had a kitchen. Kind of a small kitchen, though, but... Yeah.
2: It is listed. So where is this house? Because I was not aware of this. Now I'm quite
1: curious. The House of Horrors was actually a 20-minute drive from the, the san jose stadium where the night took place so it was a local house okay this house has been for sale for the past three years it was originally listed for 69 nine so almost 70 grand but now it's only down to 36 patrick i say we should buy it the property is being sold as is though so uh, oh yeah <laughs> the hole through the wall you know uh the realtor ron adkins says that the wrestlers didn't do any actual damage so that was a gimmicked wall they brought in there really really Hey, it sits on three acres. So there you he go. A lot of land. He hopes that he can sell it to a WWE fan who would set it up and give public tours for ten dollars a person. I don't think that'll be happening. But. There you go. Here is where they went through the wall. Here's where the legendary the refrigerator
2: fell on Randy, and Randy was selling his arm like he had really hurt his arm. Here's the problem with tape matches. Okay. Randy apparently did end up hurting his arm or his elbow a little bit during the match. So as he's selling it, he then has to remember during the live little whatever you want to call it that he had his arm. And he kept forgetting. So he would do moves and be like, oh, my arm's hurt. Sorry.
1: Well, there was no explanation of how he got back to the arena. Right. No explanation of what happened to him when he got hit with the refrigerator. Was that supposed to be on his arm, I guess? He wasn't even covered in, like, soot or dirt or mud. They just looked like they walked out of the dress room, which is what happened. It was a bad match. To say the least. And
2: a bad match to go with a bad night for one, Jeff Hardy.
1: Oh, yeah, losing your tooth. Thanks a lot, Seamus. Seamus
2: rears back and punts Jeff right in the face, and his tooth goes flying. Yes. So, I mean, let's. That, it is what it is. So, yeah. There yeah, you go. A
1: terrible night. And they beat Bailey in her hometown. Yeah. Dumbasses. What are you. And they. You know what? what's even more bullshit, Patrick? They made hometown hugger shirts so they sold shirts for their hometown girl and then beat her in the ring had her lose dumbass that's shitty right there that's just stupid well yeah if you bought one of those shirts if you came there to see bailey that was just a big fuck you and they took your money yeah Uh, vince is such a fucking heel
2: and last but certainly not least best of the 2000s wwe 2000s dvd came out this week and I wanted to talk to you about this. We've talked a little bit about it. What's the purpose and the point in buying WWE DVDs now that you have the WWE Network?
1: Yeah, if you can be patient and wait for a while, they'll put them on the network.
2: The last one, well, Scott Halls came out, and within six months, his was already on there. And Eric Bischoff was on there within three or four months. So,
1: yeah, I especially the DVDs they put out that are just match compilations that aren't documentaries. I really see no purpose in those anymore. Like that Macho Man one that came out a few years ago that was just matches, yeah, not the one that came out recent, the most recent one, but the one before that, right? You can't do that now because I can just search in the network for every Macho Man match, you know. Well, that's like.
2: The last one that they brought out, which I actually am quite curious in getting, but I'm, I'm second-guessing it strictly because of how you said, is the best of the U.S. title. And It goes through the NWA era and through WCW, and so I was like, "Oh, that sounds pretty cool. But then I started thinking, well, hell, I have every single one of the matches that's going to be on the DVD on the network. So what's the point?
1: And the ones that you don't have, I mean, you could just like maybe there's a Thunder match or something that's not on the network. You can just do a Google search and see if you can find a stream of it somewhere. I mean, the company has to make the DVDs. If they want to continue the DVD business, they have to make them exclusive and make them special and put time and money into them and make them a good example of a great WWE DVD. The Rise and Fall of ECW, which is what the show we're reviewing this week is based upon. Yeah. Uh, Just an exceptional DVD, documentary, probably one of the best they've ever done. It's up there probably in my Top five at least. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That one and uh and the Monday Night Wars.
2: The the very first one, the actual Monday Night Wars DVD. Those two right there are, you know, hands down probably the best.
1: With that we will get into your pick for this week. ECW One Night Stand from two thousand and five. Not not
2: very retro, like we said, but retro enough it's over you know we're hitting almost
1: 12 years so it's june twelfth, 2005 we're at the hammerstein ballroom in new york city 2500 attendees ticket holders do you know how much they paid per ticket how much they paid per ticket on average over 193 dollars per ticket this was a hot ticket. Wow. Yeah,
2: well, but if you're a diehard ECW but fan, each and every fan that sat on the floor got their ECW chair. Got their ECW chair. There wasn't a it's not like you were sitting on the floor
1: a million miles away.
2: Right. If you sat on the floor, you got an take home ECW chair. So that that was pretty cool.
1: This is actually I was gonna mention, this is the one chair I think I would want, I guess. Yeah. I mean this is I mean they did one night stand two thousand and six, but I think this one's better. And I think this one's more special because it's the first. Well, that,
2: and it's the, I mean, it's an original concept. It's the closest WWE ever got to actually restarting ECW.
1: The real ECW. The real ECW. And from here on out, it only went to shit. Now, in the landscape of WWE, this is, of course, coming after WrestleMania 21, so you're WWE champions. It's a new era. An era of ruthless aggression, you could say. Uh Uh-oh. With Batista and John Cena holding the top titles. And, of course, this is four years after ECW folded, so the time, I'd say, was about right. And, of course, following the sales of the ECW, the Rise and Fall of ECW DVD, somebody finally in Titan Towers realized, hey, there could be some money here. And so Rob Van Dam actually went to Vince with the idea of doing the reunion show. And Vince agreed. And RVD and... Paul Heyman, were in charge of getting the talent together and getting everything organized. And this production, you can tell from this production, this is not a typical WWE-style production. They tried to stay as true as they could to the classic ECW-style production. Yeah, yeah. So there's no fan cutaways. No, you had a hard camera and you had a... a, It was uh, like four or five cameras. Yeah. No Titantron. No. They used drowning pool bodies, but that was used for ECW following this constantly so they kept that consistent but no no saliva on here very different very different from any kind of WWE production also happening around this time the the day or two before was of course hardcore homecoming which was Shane Douglas's reunion show which he built basically when when WWE announced this one was going to happen he said hmm you know what they don't know how to do it i'm going to do it too yeah, I'm going to do it true to ECW style. So that took place at the ECW arena back in Philadelphia. But some of the talent involved worked on both shows. Yeah, Ian and Axel... Well, not Ian, but Axel Rotten. Mick Foley. Foley. Uh, Sabu. Uh, yeah. A few others. Yeah. Terry Funk, dumbass, turned down the WWE money. Only took Hardcore Homecoming money. And later would go on to say... I should have taken the money. He was very upset. That was a good impression of Terry. He regretted it, and he would be at ECW one Night Stand 2006. So yes. they did bring him back. WWE was not going to do any business with Shane Douglas. He, that bridge was solidly burnt to the ground. But they allowed workers to do both shows, which is really weird for WWE. Very rare. To do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, this is the WWE's version of an ECW reunion. We start with an opening shot of the Hammerstein Ballroom, which is one of my favorite venues to watch wrestling on television. It's just the way it's laid out, it's small, but it's well lit. You can see all the fans. There's not a bad seat in the house. It's perfect. Yeah. It's like that.
2: It's almost like that place we went to. Um,. That they do NXT up in Nashville.
1: Yeah, there's a theater we saw on NXT show that's very similar. To this and one. There's
2: not a bad seat in the place. You can be in the very back back corner, and you you're going to see every single match to its pristine expectations. So,
1: and also, it's nice to work in front of this crowd because this crowd has been without their beloved ECW. These are the hardest of hard. These ECW were
2: some fans. hardcore ECW fans, and they
1: had missed their beloved ECW, and they let it be
2: known tonight yes. too. I hope you wrote down all the chants because I ended up losing most of them. Get-
1: I, I wrote down a few of them. I I mean, there's a very there's some that I can't even understand what they're saying, but I get the idea. Joey Styles is out first. Uh, he gets a big pop as he's introduced. Of course, he hams it up a little bit. He looks like he's about to cry, but I think that was kind of uh, a work as he lets out. And I can't do any, a Joey Styles. Oh my! Oh, my God! And the fans love it. He was a bit of a surprise. Uh, He was not... This was before he worked on SmackDown and before... Right,
2: yeah. This was his... This was his... Debut. Yeah, comeback or whatever you want to call it. So...
1: And he had worked Hardcore Homecoming before. So he's the commentator on the DVD release of Hardcore Homecoming. So he did both shows that weekend. He introduces his co-host, Mick Foley, who comes out and poses and gives Joey a hug. And then the ECW intro plays the old TNN style... ECW intro. It was awesome to see that again. Weird ECW song. It sounds like uh, you're trying to get your weed eater to go. Yeah, or a really bad chainsaw. With Paul Heyman doing the voiceover himself. Uh, Very. Which was very retro ECW. Wrestling. Yeah, Yeah, I love it. First match of the night, Lance Storm is out with Dawn Marie who is pregnant at the time of this taping and she would later be fired for being pregnant from the WWE. This is uh, her last match and Lance Storm's last match. for. This is Lance's last match. For this company, at least. He's going to wrestle Lionheart Chris Jericho, who comes out with his... He comes out to his WWE theme, but his Lionheart vest. Yeah. His, his, and his old school tights. His ECW attire. And um, his weird halfway between short and long hair. His bob yes. style haircut. This is a very rare looking This was Chris a Jericho.
2: unique looking Chris Jericho. Before they said it, I made note of it. Did you realize the Thrill Seekers are taking on yeah, each other
1: here? The Smoky Mountain. This is... Uh, smoky, smoky Mountain Wrestling's dream. The Thrill Seekers explode. It's yeah. The mega powers explode between the Thrill Seekers.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The Thrill Seekers taking on each other. And two
1: good friends. I mean, these guys are best You know, and they they both had their
2: first match against each other, and what a way to have their last match, you know, would it be against each
1: other, so. Jericho breaks out an old bow and arrow and puts Storm in it, but Storm escapes. Styles mentions the New York Commission mandates these ringside mats. You know, if it was up to us, we wouldn't have these pussy ringside mats. We'd have people breaking their knees. Yeah, hit that concrete like a man, damn it. (laughs) A man up. I'll quit your whining. It'll stop bleeding here in a couple hours. Storm hits a delayed vertical suplex for a two count. Jericho drop kicks Storm in the back of the head as he was coming off the top turnbuckle with a reverse elbow, a very vicious looking drop kick to the back of the head. The crowd breaks into a Chris Candido chant. Who had he had passed away just a few weeks before? This was actually going to probably work this show. Yeah, he worked the show in Nashville for um, TNA. TNA, and he
2: ended up breaking his. I believe it was his ankle. Yeah, From- you're
1: right. He he fractured both his tibia and his fibula. Yeah. In a steel cage match he had with Lance Hoyt against Apollo and Sonny... Siak? I don't know who those people are. They were, they were fly-by-night TNA guys. Okay. He underwent surgery the next day yeah. to have screws put in his leg, and then he was at, at the next impact taping managing the naturals yeah. as they took on America's Most Wanted. Four days later, from the original injury, he felt ill, and he collapsed, and he, got, he was diagnosed with pneumonia. They drained his lungs, but he died after that. He was 33 years old. His brother says, "Yeah, he died from a blood clot from a complication from surgery." I knew it was a blood clot, and I but I knew it had led to
2: other issues, which the pneumonia. And but so now on. Johnny
1: Candido in 2016 says that he died from acute pneumonia. So one of these two things happened to this man. Only 33 years old. Yeah, only three years older than me. <laughs> yeah, that is nuts.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's very sad. And um, and then
1: they would of course go on to have the Chris Candido Memorial Tag Tournament, and then of course he's inducted into the hardcore hall of fame in the ecw arena so very yeah the very crazy way i mean you just break your it ankle. was it was weird and um it
2: was a neat it was a tna pay-per-view actually it was locked down as a matter of fact it was tna lockdown and so it was it was i ordered the pay-per-view and watched it and noticed right then like oh he's Broke his ankle So it That's was... why
1: you don't joke About injuries and No him. you don't So uh, Jericho hits a lion salt And then puts Storm In the walls of Jericho But then Justin Credible And Jason interfere It's the impact players Coming to the assistance Of their boy Lance Storm Thrill seeker's my ass Credible Wax Jericho with a kendo stick In the face and, he
2: smacked him hard, dude.
1: Yes, and Storm wins the match in 7:22, and then they do the Impact Players reunion with the pose. And
2: he smacked him hard with that. I mean, he swung for the fences with that kendo stick.
1: A theme you'll see throughout this, this card, though, is that the matches just don't have a lot of time. This, no. The total of this pay-per-view is only two and a half hours, and about 30 minutes of that is spent on talking. So these guys didn't have... Anytime. And they just got all their shit in and got out. All of them. You'll, you only, only seven matches. You, uh, before a first match, this was a good opener. I mean, this crowd wouldn't have cared what you put on first. No. That's the benefit of having a reunion show. These people didn't give a fuck what yeah. it was.
2: How this was a hot crowd, too, man. They were pumped and ready.
1: If I spent that much on a ticket, I'd be pretty... I'd be ravid too. Oh, yeah. Joey Styles mentions that, oh, of course, WWE just couldn't leave it alone. The anti-ECW Crusaders might be showing up later. God, They've I They've got a whole not. section. Yeah, Hope. hopefully not. Hopefully they're smart enough to know to stay away. Exactly. Pitbull Gary Wolf shows us an in-memoriam clip fe- featuring wrestlers that had died since ECW had folded. Yeah. This is the
0: Pitbull, Gary Wolf, and tonight has already gone to the extreme. But at this time, I'd like to reflect on those brothers, those ECW brothers that couldn't be here tonight. I know they're watching from the best seats in the house. Take the- a look.
2: We so. uh, we had um, we had uh, Rock, o Rock. Mm-hmm. at the time Johnny Grunge was still alive, so we had Johnny Grunge wasn't on there yet. Um, he had worked
1: hardcore homecoming. He did. Life. We had Pitbull number one. Yes, that's right, Anthony Durante.
2: We had. Uh, I'm saving mine for the last. You know who I'm going with. Yeah, but, but uh, who Crash else? Holly, Mike Lockwood. Yeah, Crash Holly. We had the original uh, Sheik. Yeah, we can't forget the original Sheik. Mike
1: Lozanski, who I'm unfamiliar with. I didn't know him. And then Big Dick Doug. And then, of course, your then, headliner of this class. Uh,
2: yeah, and then Terry Bam Bam Gordy. You know, the one man. of the
1: original ECW people, back when it was Eastern Championship Wrestling.
2: Right, and he came back and worked uh, worked even when it got hot and got over. And um, Terry Bam Bam Gordy is one of the main reasons why I'm in this business. So, oh,
1: Chattanooga Zone, of course.
2: Well, yeah, Chattanooga Zone, Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Free birds. So, uh, but yeah, uh, it was awesome to see that they, tra- they paid tribute to even people that
1: didn't work for WWE sadly this list has gotten a lot longer since then unfortunately it has cause... and sadly they could have included people that had died before you know ECW folded like uh, Louis Piccoli and others
2: yeah Rick Rude. They only touched on a few, I think, and...
1: Just in the five-year span that four or five-year span that ECW had been gone. Tajiri and Sinister Minister are out with Mikey Whipwreck. This is a three-way dance. An elimination triangle match, if you will. Little Guido is out with the full-blooded Italians. Little
2: shout-out to my boy Tracy Smothers for for break,
1: breaking out the... Not uh, a the, full-blooded Italian.
2: <sighs> breaking out the FBI... No. Knoxville born and bred. Knoxville, Tennessee's own Wild-Eyed southern boy tracy some others breaking out the uh the fbi attire there
1: yeah. so. and he had worked hardcore homecoming too he so. did then of course super crazy is out last for this as they called an international flavor match super crazy had a contract with wwe so
2: what is an international flavor match
1: uh just foreign people i guess oh okay so we got we got
2: american with mikey whipwreck no i mean well, he's sorry. not in the match well no he's not
1: in the match is he Japanese, Mexican, and I guess Italian. Italian, so there you go, yeah. Little Guido tries a Fujiwara armbar on Tajiri, but Super Crazy breaks it up.
2: I'm glad you knew how to pronounce that, because I couldn't. And when he said it, I even tried writing it down, and I couldn't spell it, so.
1: We get a sunset flip into a drop kick to the face of Super Crazy, and then Tajiri sneaks back in. Tony Marmaluke trips up Super Crazy, and Little Guido hits the Sicilian Slice on Super Crazy. Of course, he has a move named after pizza, so. Well, yeah. He's Italian. That's all we know about these people. Super Crazy and Little Guido battle through the crowd and walk up to the balcony and then that's this is where super crazy hits a moonsault from the balcony onto guido and the rest of the fbi this is insane yeah pretty awesome
2: this was awesome this was move of the night i couldn't i don't think you can top that i maybe kid cash did later on that in the night but this was this stands as possibly move of the night this was moment i mean
1: if you were gonna cut this show into like six highlights this would be what you closed with i
2: guess yeah and that place went nuts too even the fans were there to try to help catch him it was awesome.
1: Tajiri locks in the Tarantula, or the Tarantula, on Super Crazy, but he just gives up on it. I don't know why he bothered. Super Crazy hits the turnbuckle punches with a Spanish count from the crowd on Tajiri. The FBI drags Super Crazy out of the ring and assault him. Big Guido tries a powerbomb on Tajiri who missed Little Guido, who was in the turnbuckle. Then Whipwreck gets in there and hits a second rope whippersnapper on Little Guido and Tajiri covers him and eliminates him. Super Crazy hits a springboard moonsault onto Tajiri. Tajiri counters a powerbomb into a DDT. The crowd chants for Super Crazy. Then we get a fireman's carry slam into his ascending turnbuckle moonsaults. So Super Crazy will go to the bottom turnbuckle and hit a moonsault in the second one. Yeah. He tries a third one, but Tajiri breaks it up. So then Super Crazy just slams him and then hits the... Third one, anyway. So it yeah. didn't really do much. There you go. The one, two, the three. I mean,
2: that was it. It was, uh, I don't think it lived up the expectations of the first one.
1: Well, and also the caliber of superstar in this match was not. There, I mean, oh, see, I, I find that hard to believe.
2: I mean, I think to Jerry and Super Crazy are phenomenal. Well, they're great. I think but Nunzio's, just not
1: Nuncio's really well. They're just there. not big names. You well, know? yeah, we get ECW highlights from years past, including, of course, Shane Douglas throwing the belt down. The ring collapsed with Public Enemy. Basically everything you've ever seen highlighted about ECW and all these compilations. All these highlight videos are everything you think of. If you
2: ever, and I, I'm sure because he hates hearing this question, but I love hearing the backstory behind it. If you ever do get a rare chance to meet Shane Douglas, ask him how the story came about him throwing the NWA title down. That in and of itself is very entertaining to listen to.
1: Psychosis is out next. He has a mask on when he enters the ring, but then he gets in the ring and, oh no, he'll move. He takes his mask off. I have
2: never seen this man's face until this point in time.
1: Well, he wrestled in WCW without his mask in 2000, so...
2: Okay, well, I don't remember much of that then, because this was was the first time I had seen... When this aired in 2005 was the first time I had seen the man's face. Oh, the
1: crowd hates that he took his mask off. He does not have a very good-looking No, he
2: either. need he needed to put it back. Oh, they chanted even put it back yeah. on, so, you know, he needed to put it back on.
1: Who's that jumping out to Sky? R-E-Y, Mysterio. Here we go. He comes out to that shitty WWE oh, team song. Why? I don't know, because he's stupid. And why would he do the 619 in this match? The crowd hates his fucking 619. Oh, they give him shit for it, too. Yeah, this was... They wanted it as... Did he not see Jericho walking around in his Lionheart ge- gear and think, maybe I should do something different?
2: You yeah. Know, try to... Break out the old Spider-Man stuff or something.
1: Yeah, something that relates back to ECW instead of just walking out with my regular fucking gimmick. Yeah. No, he didn't want to put in the work. And then he, he did the 619 at ECW One Night Stand 2006, too. This motherfucker didn't learn.
2: Who did he face in, in 2000?
1: Sabu. For the that world That is title. right. And that's when the match got stopped. It just ended. Yeah, because, because... they didn't want Sabu to beat him. And they didn't want Mysterio to, I guess, beat him in the ECW arena in the Hammerstein Ballroom. But yeah, yeah. I hated the ending. I watched that one live with uh, someone I worked with, and I remember this ending to this match, the the Sabu Rey Mysterio match. Like this fucking ACW, and you're stopping a match. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, well, if I knew that was see, I thought, well, that's really bad. They don't really understand the ECW product. Yeah, and boy, I hadn't seen anything yet because, you know, ECW champion Big Show and Chavo Guerrero Jr. Are on the way. Oh, and so. ECW
2: champion Vince McMahon.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That was next year's show. Yeah. We're talking about this year's show. Yeah, so. that next year's the relaunch. Yeah. I and mean, we all got we all got excited thinking that something good would happen, but it's for another day. Psychosis and Rey Mysterio start out by trying to do lucha things as Lucha uh, things, that's that's very well done. Lucha things, yeah, That. well, that's what they call it. That's technical term. Kalisto. That's what Kalisto calls you know, oh, really? Lucha things. Oh, really? Yeah. In last year's draft, not this year's, the Superstar Shake-Up. Last year's draft, so they had that special on the network. It was sort of like Talking Smack is, where it's not really scripted, and so they just stick mics in the front of these guys' faces and get their real reactions to being drafted or whatever. And so, for whatever reason, they thought it would be a good idea to interview Kalisto. And they say, well... Are you excited about going to SmackDown? Or and he's like, Yeah, we're gonna do some really good stuff. We're gonna do some lucha things. And uh yeah. And like just totally froze during this interview. And as he's walking away, you hear him screaming like, damn it. Like he knew <laughs> he fucked up. He yeah. fucked it up. But lucha things. So psychosis, bless his heart. This guy, he's too lanky to try that that those lucha grapple move, where people yeah. where you take the hand and you do the balancing act and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And Rey Mysterio too being in his bulky WWE phase where he's not it's ripped more pounds. than yeah. yeah, he's about 100 pounds heavier. These guys just they shouldn't have tried this. This was not a good idea. To so they
2: through. used to be able to do it, but then Rey went to WWE and inflated. And and age age caught
1: up with both of them and they were not able to do it like they used to. Yes. Mysterio tries a springboard Cross, but gets caught by Psychosis who plants him face first into the mats McFoley acknowledges the fans do not want to see Psychosis hideous face by chanting put the mask back on Psychosis locks in a headlock to a chorus of boos they did not want to see rest holds no in their lucha match and so he quickly gave up on it Psychosis drops Mysterio sternum first under the guardrail and then he goes up to the top turnbuckle and hits what they call the psycho guillotine leg drop from the turnbuckle to Ray. That was insane. Very dangerous looking. V- very, for both guys. Yeah, that had to hurt like hell. I think this might be a little more impressive to me than the moonsault, especially for Ray Mysterio to to take that. Yeah. Oh yeah, somersaults off that guardrail like it, it whips been very, him. It whips him
2: over like it, yeah motion of getting hit in the back. It was it was very ugly. Can you imagine? First of all, can you imagine? They were giving shit about having the ring mats out there. There's no way in hell I would oh, yeah. hit that on my ass bone without having
1: some sort of a mat. It gets a holy shit chant from the crowd. Psychosis uh, and Ray get back into the ring. Psychosis charges at Mysterio and throws himself out of the ring, and he bumps so much that he bumps himself into the front row, which had good-looking women in it. So a very Obviously, carny move. Yeah,
2: he just wanted to grab him a handful.
1: Ray then decides to hit a seated centon from the top turnbuckle to Psychosis, who was in the front row, so a, a very cool-looking move, too. They get back in the ring. Ray hits the 619 to a chorus of booze. West Coast pop, which is just the springboard Hurricane Rana, and Ray wins with the fucking 619, which is my probably my least favorite finishing move in all of pro wrestling. Yeah. I know it's pro wrestling. I know I'm supposed to suspend my disbelief, but the fact that you have to hang out on that middle rope for me you know, and you don't know what's coming. Well, he's dazed. I I don't buy it. I just can't buy it. You have to be in that specific... When you drop,
2: kick, and fall down on the second rope, you're like, whoa, where'd the hell that come from? You're dazed. But you know...
1: If I know I know in the back of my mind I cannot lay on the second rope. Because yeah. he, this is the only place he can hit this finisher from. Right. So that's why I just... I can't buy it. That's why I don't... And it's also a finisher that... It's not even the actual finisher. It's just a setup move.
2: For the finisher.
1: But the finisher was like, he, the West Coast pop was what he did originally, but then re- remember towards the end, he would just do that, that splash from the top turnbuckle. That- oh, yeah. Yeah where he stick his arms back but it... well, if he were too big to, to take the hurricane
2: Rana, then he did the the luthes press. Oh yeah, he did that. so it was never so and then he just then he started doing the splash thing and so And and this also is a the
1: 619 so you have to have him in this specific position. Obviously it must be dangerous cuz he killed a man doing it so when
2: He, he did arm... not. I was making a sick twisted joke due to the comments we made earlier in the show, but anyway, I hate the six one nine. Fuck this. I do too. It's I don't. When he would do it in WCW, I thought
1: it was kind of cool. Well, because it was just a transition move. It was never. Yeah, he
2: would just swing around as like a gotcha kind of thing.
1: Oh, yeah, fake them out if they're yeah. on the outside of the ring. He never
2: really, you know, turned it into a move, move, and it was.
1: Uh oh. It's the invaders from the WWE. They file into their seats, led by SmackDown's roster. Kurt Angle gets to listen to You Suck Dick Chance as he walks in. He's got a ticket in his hand, of course. The crowd is getting into the faces of the wrestlers as they walk to their seats. Fuck you, SmackDown Chance breakout. JBL, then looks so happy to be there and he looks down at Mysterio who's in the ring and he says I got a ticket you little Mexican I got a ticket you little Mexican and uh cause cause that's
2: not racist at all
1: Well, and this is at the point where you could switch to the JBL commentary on the DVD, which I will... At the end of this show, I will include my personal favorite highlights of JBL's commentary as he was... He actually did commentary on this. Well, he was mic'd up. So it's just him drinking, chatting with the other wrestlers, but he's... Like, he doesn't call moves. He just says, I don't like that move, or that guy sucks, that guy never made any money, like that kind of stuff. I did not know this, and this came on the DVD? Yes, this was an extra on the DVD.
2: Did you have to get like a special edition or was it I think it's just on the regular one I
1: now I want to go look for the damn DVD cause I want to hear this yeah well this is actually I mean this is the real JBL coming through on this commentary more ECW highlights now including Stone Cold Steve Austin Taz defeating Shane Douglas the quintessential stud muffin Joel Gertner wanders into the Smackdown seats well 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 <laughs> JBL Shoves him down, kicks him right in his butthole, like basically yeah. right between the cheeks. Oh, yeah. He punted him right
2: in the, in the asshole. The tip of his boot went up his butt, I'm
1: pretty sure. Angle says to Gertner, get your ass out of here. He grabs the mic and says, ECW fans are the lowest form of scum on God's green earth. So you suck dick chance out And Kurt Angle's great comeback to this was, your mother taught me how, <laughs> which is an acknowledgment that he sucks dick. So our that, new Raw General Manager, for, yeah. for less than a month, admits on live television that he sucks dick. Hey, our mothers taught him how to suck dick. Yeah. Not a great comeback for Kurt Ang. I guess he was trying to be funny, Oh, maybe,
2: I mean, it's a lot better than saying, <laughs> your mother should have swallowed, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: ECW fans are the lowest form of scum walking God's green earth. People suck. Your mother got me out! And I'll tell you what, last time I was at an ECW event, I walked out halfway through because it sucked. It wasn't wrestling, it was humiliation, and you people are freaking morons!
1: JBL grabs the mic next. He says, one block away is Madison Square Garden, and when my name's on that marquee, buddy, I sell it out. That's right. ECW can barely fill a bingo hall. Shut the fuck up, Chance Breakout. That fat ass in the blue shirt, he is ECW. I'm above that.
0: One block, one block away is Madison Square Garden. You put my name on the marquee of Madison Square Garden. It sells out. ECW can barely fill up a bingo hall. And us being here reminds you of this. It reminds you how low your world is, that when you sit on your little internet, when you're in between your porn sites at your mommy's house, and you email your buddy, and you say, I'm hardcore, and he emails you back and says, I'm hardcore too. We love ECW. You love ECW because you could be ECW. Every one of you. You, fat boy. You the ring, mutilate your body, cane your head, bust yourself open, that's ECW. Me being here reminds you of this, I am above that. I am, I am, listen to me, I am a wrestling God. You can do your little chants, you can root for your people, but. Understand this: nobody in that ring, nobody will ever make it to my level. Nobody. So get your little chance. Get your little loser buddies. Go on the internet and tell them all that the guy who sold out arenas all over the world said that. The only chance, the only chance this pay-per-view succeeds, is because I, JBL. I am here. We will sell pay-per-views because I am here, not because of this crap in the ring. You cannot be me and that pisses you sons of bitches off.
1: RVD's music, his WWE music hits. He comes out with Fonzie and that fucking whistle. RVD says, tonight, we give the people what they want. He hates what the writers give him to say. He, the- he shoots. I yeah. mean, basically. Back when he used to talk, before all he said was cool, whatever. RVD says he's the whole fucking show. RVD says he gave Vince the idea for the show. And RVD, who's got a bum knee, he had ACL surgery. He says, missing the show hurts worse than missing Booker T's wedding or WrestleMania. Rhino, out of nowhere, gores him and beats him up. Sabu, Chance Breakout, and... Sabu shows up! Let's do it! A ref is in the ring, so I guess this is a match now. Sabu hits Rhino in the head with a chair, and he tumbles off the turnbuckle to the mats. He sets the chair up as a ramp, basically. And jumps into Rhino, who was up on the ramp. Sabu throws a chair into Rhino's face. Sabu hits a turnbuckle Hurricane Rana and then hits a Whisper in the Wind off the chair onto Rhino. Rhino drop Toehold Sabu face first into a chair. Rhino hits a TKO on the steel chair with Sabu. Rhino gores the ref and then pile drives Sabu. RVD hobbles into the ring and chucks the chair at high speed into Rhino's skull. He then hits the Van Terminator with his... This dude just had leg surgery. Yeah, just had
2: knee surgery,
1: and he hits that, which is... Stupid. RVD lays Rhino on a table so that Sabu can hit the Arabian Skull Crusher through the table and get the win. Lots of use of a chair. Yeah, this was... I guess they couldn't use tables because of later on. Right, yeah. They'll want to mooch into the big spot later. Right. Well, two big table matches, I guess, coming. Mike Awesome. Oh, man, that. dude. Awesome use some
2: tables. Overall, I, it was it was what it was. It was just a... I mean, it's just a way to get the
1: guys on the show. It wasn't... It wasn't more or less than... Yeah. We cut backstage to Al Snow, who's with Head. And he blames Head for inviting SmackDown. So at Al Snow thinks that Head picked up the phone and called Smackdown to come and watch this show. See, I never trusted Head all along. More ECW highlights. Of course, the Raw superstars need to show up. Being led by Eazy-E, public enemy number one to this ECW audience. Yeah, Eric Bischoff, who gets beer spat in his face on yes. the way <laughs> up the stairs. I love that. Because that, that fan,
2: the timing of camera work was perfect. That fan just takes a big gulp and spits it clean on him. And Bischoff just smiles and yeah, he's go. I'd have knocked the shit out of him.
1: He's a great heel. He's yeah. one of the greatest non-wrestling heels of all time. Time for a match that really let me down. Chris Benoit is going to ch- challenge Eddie Guerrero. JBL is furious at the sight of Chris Benoit, and he looks at him from the rafters and he says, What are you doing here? You make money! You make money! Why are you here? Benoit and Eddie stare holes through each other. They seem to not be very friendly towards one another. Eddie, was, Eddie was working heel for this, for this match. And he was working I don't want to work this match for this match I think
2: that's yeah I think there there was something
1: going on, I thought eddie's in his face he looked sick almost and I mean sadly you know he did try he did tragically die just months after this right yeah November
2: yeah so I mean we're only something could
1: be going on yeah
2: yeah we're we're only you know this is in june four so, months yeah. four months four four maybe five yeah
1: so i mean it's kind of it's it's yeah, it's sad. Styles reminds the fans at home that these guys have both held the WWE belt, and it is the belt to hold. I, d- I don't want to speculate.
2: But back on the Eddie thing, it makes me wonder whether or not he had started messing with steroids or with drugs again. Well,
1: the size of because
2: he looked like he was Jack Number One. That vein in his arm. And boy. and but he looked like he was zoned out on some shit too.
1: So yeah, Joey Styles puts over the WWE belt as the belt, which Joey Styles would never say. You know, in, in no shoots. that was that was put into his ear. into his ear. Yeah, the fans at edge during this match chant you've got herpes because this is after the matt hardy stuff so eddie and benoit don't do much here at the beginning of this match they don't do much throughout the whole match no benoit lands a few nasty chops on guerrero benoit accidentally smacks guerrero in the face and now guerrero has a busted nose we get a belly to back suplex to guerrero from benoit guerrero chops benoit and puts him in a chin lock They chat up a storm in this headlock. You can see them talking out the rest of the match here. Eddie gets Benoit outside the ring and hits Benoit in the back. Then Eddie hits a superplex. Eddie misses a frog splash. Benoit hits a Northern Lights suplex. Bridges for a two count. Benoit then suplexes Eddie. Triple Germans to Eddie. Flying headbutt, but Eddie kicks out at two. Benoit gets Eddie in the crossface, and Eddie just taps out after a couple minutes. Yeah. And that's it. JBL claps for Benoit, that's a SmackDown guy, and then Eddie and Benoit just stare at each other, and that's it. Yeah, they did not seem to be best friends here. No, this was more of a Scott Hall-Kevin Nash situation,
2: kind of like, hey, you're fucking up, dude. What's your problem?
1: Well, and at the end of the night, Eddie did not come out for the ECW celebration. No,
2: team. he didn't. He There was something going on with Eddie. There was something going on with Benoit, too, as we would find out in, in the years. Unfortunately, yeah.
1: Joe Gertner finds Bischoff in his seats. Gertner goes up to him and says, Can I please have a job? Bischoff says, Hell no! I wouldn't hire you! You people are garbage and ECW sucks.
0: It's the question that's on the minds of everyone here at the Hammerstein Ballroom. So, on behalf of every ECW fan every ECW superstar I have to ask you can I please have a job can I please please be gainfully employed by you please I I can announce I can get you coffee I'll do anything you ask please I've got got hold this hold this hold this Let me let me think about that for just a second. What a (laughs) snorer! Hell no, I won't hire you. You're nothing but a scam, a wannabe, a piece of garbage like everybody else I see. I am the general manager of the most prestigious sports entertainment company on the friggin' planet. Monday Night Raw. And after seeing what you and the rest of these geeks call entertainment, I don't want to see you. I don't want to see any of you scabs at any Raw events because, quite frankly, you don't have the class. You people are garbage! Give me my beer back. And you suck! ECW sucks! Time for the
1: Mike Awesome match. He's out next. The Raw superstars turn their back on Mike Awesome. Masato Tanaka will be challenging Mike Awesome. This is a rematch. They wrestled several times in ECW, but he Wave 98 was the... uh, the original, so this is a rematch. Masato Tanaka is covered in scars from head. To, this dude looks like a badass dude. Like did he, Masato dude is... Tanaka
2: still wrestles to this day, yeah. and this man is one of the toughest men I w- I would have ever seen come through the ranks in professional wrestling.
1: Yeah, this dude's seen some wars, and he's about to experience one here at One Night Stand. Joey Styles cuts a scathing promo on Mike Awesome and says he wishes Mike Awesome took his own life when Mike Awesome hits a suicide dive. And Is probably something that Joey Styles regrets saying in hindsight. Yeah,
2: Mike Awesome, I think, is a phenomenal wrestler, or was very dangerous f- though. Phenomenal wrestler, and I agree, he was very dangerous. But I mean, he was—he went for—he was all or nothing. I mean, it was crash and burn from start to finish. Why do you think he? Is it strictly because of the danger factor why he didn't, Vince didn't pick him up? Because he had the look, he had the build. The man's
1: six foot six. I mean, yeah. his character was never fleshed out, never a good talker. But he's in, another
2: Brock Lesnar. You put him in there and he can just tear through people.
1: Right. In the WWE, though, you need some sort of character. And. Having Hayman on the payroll, having all those ECW alums on the payroll, they probably said, "No, this guy's a cunt." Don't because he burned, you know, he burned ECW when he left for WCW. Yeah, and I think the danger factor. I mean, when I mean the kind of power bombs he gave to Tanaka, he's not going to be allowed to do that. And yeah, you've got Batista as your big man, you know, so He does a power bomb. You've got Lashley coming up through the ranks, so you've got other big men that are your fo- focus. So. Yeah. I've just always liked... Oh, I've always thought he, he definitely... Awesome was very underrated. He got a job. I mean, he made a lot of money in WCW based on... Being that it, 70s guy. Well, before that, he got, he got signed with a lot of money. But yeah, just very dangerous. Tanaka then, after the suicide dive, chucks Awesome into the front row and hits a running chair shot. Awesome hits a running Awesome bomb on Tanaka from the apron through a table that was on the mats. And this is like the first big move of this match, but it would yeah. not be... Not be the last, no. And Tanaka wasn't all the way up like he should be for a power bomb. No, no. This was this was back of the head only. Mike Awesome did not go the extra mile to make sure that he lifted Tanaka was protected. Yeah, yeah. Awesome then rolls Tanaka in the ring and hits a top turnbuckle splash, and this massive man, he is just massive, flying through the air like yeah. I don't usually get that excited about splashes, but, yeah. like, this was a big dude hitting the splash. An Awesome bomb in the ring this time on Tanaka. Then Awesome, instead of pinning him, just goes and gets a chair. <laughs> awesome then delivers some sickening, unprotected chair shots that Tanaka no-sells. To the head. He shakes them off. I, these are... The smack of the chair is... This uh,
2: is Mick Foley and Rock from Royal Rumble 99. I mean, these chairs... No, no hands uh, no nuts. He took he took it square, and and the it, crowd went ape shit when he no sold oh, it. Oh yeah, I mean I can't take one without selling it just to buy myself time to get get over it. Yeah.
1: Then Tanaka manages to hit a three sixty stunner on Awesome from the second rope. Then we get a tornado DDT from the second rope to Awesome onto some chairs. Tanaka smacks Awesome with a chair shot A bit of revenge there Then does his own version of the Arabian Skull Crusher Eventually Awesome spears Tanaka Hits a top turnbuckle chair shot To Tanaka, dives off the top turnbuckle And smacks him Smacks him square in the head Awesome goes and says, you know what, I need more I'll go get a table now Tanaka manages to hit a tornado DDT on Awesome Through that table Then Awesome hits a sort of a reverse top turnbuckle Sit down powerbomb Through that broken table Which had a piece sticking up that nearly impaled tanaka right through whatever yeah. yeah but tanaka even though this should be the end of the match he kicks tanaka out Tanaka kicks t- out too t- yeah. T- yeah so what
2: does he do he goes against another table Oh, of course and he wedges it between the ring and the guardrail yeah and uh pretty much long story short picks up masato tanaka and power bombs him from the inside of the ring to the outside of the ring. And that's not Through enough. the table. And doesn't this is the second time he doesn't get him all the way up. So he lands again back of the head and
1: neck first from, I mean, basically outside again. And that's still not enough. No, of course not. Mike Awesome does another suicide dive, which the camera misses for the most part. Right. But he dives over the ropes. Onto Tanaka on the outside through this devastated table, right, and gets the win. And yeah. there you go. This match rules. Chance broke out before that. He's not done yet. He didn't get enough heat in the match, so no hell on not. his way out of the ring. Power bombs the ref. <laughs> yeah, who did nothing wrong. <laughs> didn't deserve it at all. No, not at all. And so
2: there you go. And uh, this is match of the night. Period. Oh, by a mile. I mean. This, because when I saw Eddie and Benoit, I was like, oh, this is this is going to be match of the night. No, no.
1: Tanaka and Awesome blew this pay-per-view out of the water right here. Now it's time for the creator of ECW, Paul Heyman, who comes out with tears in his eyes. And I will just include the whole promo here. Oh, it's, yeah, because it's pretty it's, famous. It's classic, yeah.
0: I haven't needed my heart to thank Todd Gordon for giving me the chance to be creative, and to book for you crazy bastards. I have a need to thank that man, Rob phone and his partner, Charlie Brzee, for sticking with us and sitting in a TV studio and building that TV show for you. You are the craziest bastards I've ever met in my life. I love everyone of you. Don't take the high road, Paul. But I have something to say to you. You see, I've waited a long time to say this to you, Eric Bischoff. But in case you don't notice, it's not Paul Heyman with his tail between his legs going to a WCW. are no. in our house!
1: I didn't really enjoy that like when he when he burns edge or whatever and he's just like Matt freaking Hardy yeah I thought he could have turned it up a little bit on I think he was trying to go a little easy
2: but yet have a little edgy now, I yeah. love the
1: JBL, the only reason you're champion is because Triple H won't work Tuesdays. That's my favorite line. From yeah. That because that's true. At that draft we covered from 2004, I mean, Triple H didn't want to work SmackDown, so he got traded right back, and yeah. that's, that's what led to the rise of JBL. You're so right. It was totally true. Yeah. But I still
2: love, and, and the fact that he kept it old school is when he does the, the whole kickoff of ECW. Oh, yeah. And, and it is, it is, that is his close to the original as you can get this ain't WCW this ain't WWE this sure is hell it in Monday Nitro like he goes this is ECW and that place went fucking nuts man that EC-fucking-w. place EC fucking W yeah that place went nuts and so yeah I really hope you do include
1: the whole thing start to
2: finish the
1: Dudley boys are out next it's time for your main event of the evening the Dudley boys scheduled out- for one fall or who doesn't die yeah, the Dudley Boys are out in their old ECW outfits. Dudley Boys spelled with an S, not a Z. The 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 purple tie dye, yeah. So and jeans and jeans. So it wasn't original ECW because right. they didn't have like, and he didn't have his glasses on. Bubba didn't wear his glasses. And with he the wasn't tape
2: and or, or stuttering, stuttering or the camo do rag, you know. So or not camo, the rebel flag do rag and all that.
1: So. They'll face Tommy Dreamer and then Sandman, who comes out to enter Sandman on the pay per view original, but it's dubbed over on the network, so I had to fast forward it because I don't give a fuck about Sand I mean, the the crowd sang along to enter Sandman, it was a really special moment when it happened live, but on this this version I, I can't sit right. It takes yeah. him ten- you think the Undertaker has long entrances. He goes through three beers, smokes four cigarettes, (laughs) and is bleeding before he gets in the ring. Yeah, some large-breasted lady who used to be in ECW. Large-breasted lady. I didn't get her name. (laughs) But she got soaked in beer from Sandman, so that was the end, basically, of his entrance. (laughs) Then, for whatever reason, the BWO is here next. Stevie cuts the We're Taking Over promo. And then Kid Cash shows up for some reason, who... Joey Styles calls Mr. TNA because he was just in TNA. Total non-stop attitude. Oh, good one. Yeah. Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten are out next. They're not in this match either, but hey, a payday's a payday, right? Balls, Patrick? balls, balls, right. balls. Balls punches to the BWO, head chair shots to the BWO. Then Kid Cash hits a springboard... The ref. Now, do you do this for wrestlers? Do you get down on your hands? Do I get on my
2: desk, give them a springboard opportunity off
1: my back? No, I do not. Okay. Well, Kid Cash got the ECW ref to allow him to be used as a springboard and jumps into all the ECW guys that were there, and for his
2: and then he just leaves for a sit-on. Yeah, it was a rolling sit-on bomb. It was very impressive. The distance that Kid Cash he went a long way. Yeah, it was
1: very impressive. Bubba goes and gets some plunder, a garbage can. Some plunder, baby. Dreamer gets a cheese grater. Oh boy! Oh, we're going down that direction. We love aren't we? the cheese grater. But Bubba fights him off before he gets hit with it. He smacks Dreamer with a sign, a cheese grater. He takes it. Bubba does and uses it on Dreamer, who just starts pissing blood out of his head. Yes, it's like he cut a like a, a water balloon full, filled with blood. I yeah. mean, this guy's head just explodes. Yeah,
2: it really does, and disgusting man (laughs) i the cheese grater is a great hardcore gimmick but it is one of the most disgusting hardcore gimmicks because it really shreds you to pieces yeah i mean there's no way around it and it's there's no you you can't protect yourself you just have to give it it all and go for it and it's
1: And I, you know, I would be hesitant to do that to somebody else. Like, if Tommy uh, Dreamer said, you're going to have to grate my head, brother, I'd be like, I I don't know. No, I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Do it yourself. I can't know. Bubba has no problem with this and then takes some of Dreamer's blood and rubs it on his face. Oh, yeah. And and licks it off his hands, too. That is gross. I was
2: like, oh, okay. But this is not the only time we will see blood this evening.
1: No. Sandman enters with a ladder dreamer tries the terry funk helicopter ladder spot but nobody's around to get hit like he hits one guy hits bubble with it and then well, he's
2: swinging then he catches devon eventually he swings like three more times before he gets around to it and yeah it just didn't work and then sandman ended up or yeah sandman ended up having to drop down not to get his head took off so yeah
1: dreamer hits bubble with a baking sheet then Sandman takes the ladder, lays it on Devon, and hits the rolling rock, which is the move that he did at Spring Stampede 99. Yeah, he, he, uh, yeah absolutely. The old uh, somersault off the top turnbuckle onto the ladder in Devon. Bubba gets a chair and hits him square in the head. Bubba then frog splashes Sandman on the ladder. The original bullfrog splash. Devon kendo sticks Bubba accidentally. Then Dreamer and Sandman lock the Dudleys in figure four leg locks. Right? Wrestling, then Lance Storm and Just Incredible run in with barbed wire, and we get a that's incredible tombstone pile driver onto barbed wire with the Sandman's skull. Yes, Love. Dreamer is held up to get kicked in the balls from Francine, who was sitting in the front row and decided, you know what, I'll get this match too. So she kicks Dreamer in the balls, but then Beulah McGillicutty shows up, and we have a Can't fight, Can't fight. Credible drags Beulah by the hair, but Storm decks him accidentally and gets low-blowed from Beulah. Beulah hugs her bloody-faced husband in the middle of the ring, Tommy Dreamer. Yes. And then they hit supposed-to-be-synchronized DDTs, Beulah needs to work on her DDT form because hers look like shit. Hit the DDTs on the Dudleys, we get She's Hardcore Chance, then Dreamer decks Devon in the balls with a sign and a chair. Bubba hits them both with a kendo stick. Well... Bubba hits Dreamer and Sandman with a kendo stick, then gets a table. Instead of Devon, Bubba's getting the table. He so is. Little, He's getting different. the table. Devon power bombs Sandman through it. Then we get another table. Well, first, we, Dreamer gets 3D'd, but Bubba and Devon opt for a table instead of going for the win. Little Spike Dudley runs out, and... He's brought some lighter fluid with him. Yes,
2: yes. He has brought some lighter fluid with him, and he proceeds to hand them to Devon and Bubba. He
1: gave it to his brothers.
2: Yeah, and they douse this table in lighter fluid. Not just a little bit. I mean, they empty the entire bottle, and like this thing goes up in flames.
1: Bubba powerbombs Dreamer. Dreamer goes through the flaming table. Luckily, Dreamer wrestling in his t-shirt and pants, he... Had some cover for this
2: fire. I have, I have took that one time, and I will never go through another flaming table in my that's life. That's a good idea. That shit hurts like hell.
1: Baba pins him and gets the win. So then we have the post-match, the post-pay-per-view celebration. Yeah. It's time for that. Stone Cold Steve Austin music hits. To be fair, I wouldn't have him in this spot. Oh,
2: that's such bullshit.
1: I'm sorry, okay?
2: The Stone Cold gimmick was made... NECW.
1: I know. I wouldn't have him being the headliner basically the main event is basically Stone Cold. This promo or this well, yeah. this thing here at the end. Austin walks out in his XFL jersey as a Wow. Now there's a joke waiting to be made right his, there. His Las Vegas I believe they were the maybe the hitmen. I don't remember the Las Vegas team, but he's got the Las Vegas XFL jersey on. And he wants to have a beer bash with the ECW guys, like Sandman, who really wants some fucking beer. Sandman really wants a beer. Like, it's to the point that just to
2: to shut him up, Austin gives him one and
1: pushes him out of the way. Yeah, he's like, get away from me. Here's your fucking beer. (laughs) Austin runs down the WWE guys, calls them cowards. Get your asses to the ring. All the ECW guys are in the ring now with Austin, and then SmackDown and Raw come down the stairs. And, uh, time to brawl. Yeah. And this is where JBL knocks the fuck out of Blue Meanie and busts his face open and yes. almost got the company and himself sued from Blue Meanie, but they worked it out the Carney way and JBL had to job to Stevie Richards on like an episode of SmackDown and that's how they worked it out. So was it on purpose? Yes. He does not like Blue Meanie. That's part of the JBL commentary. He talks about how much he hates Blue Meanie. Really? Before he goes down there and decks him. Really? because he's fat, stupid little fat man, stuff like that. Really? Yeah. After the ECW guys uh, clear out the WWE guys, they save one special WWE guy for last. Oh, yes.
2: Uh, Mr. Foley, can you please grab that little pencil neck geek sitting beside you?
1: Yes. Mick Foley drags Eric Bischoff to his execution. We get a 3D... Austin calls the shots. He, oh, yeah. He asks the Dudleys to 3-D Eric Bischoff. And he gets it. And then he says something that he probably regrets. Kill this son of a bitch! With a flying headbutt. Yes, he gets it. Then... He asks Ray Mysterio for a 619. He gets it, just for good measure. Uh, well, before, Austin sticks the mic in Bischoff's face as he's laying on the mat, and he says, Well... Can we get your thoughts on the evening, Mr. Bischoff? And he proceeds to say, fuck ECW.
0: (laughs) Your thoughts on the evening. (sighs) Fuck ECW!
1: Well, Austin doesn't like that too much, so they lift him back up and he gets a stone cold stunner. Yes. And then the Dudleys carry Bischoff out of the arena and throw him on a truck. Yes. And then the rest of the ECW guys in Austin celebrate, and that's how we go off the air. So what did you think of this pay-per-view? Outstanding. Oh, yeah, it's outstanding. The matches aren't very long. They're not very substantive. If you are an ECW fan of any
2: generation whatsoever, or if you're just a fan of hardcore wrestling, this is an event you need to watch.
1: Yes, and it's sad that they could never figure out how to replicate this event. Hardcore homecoming. Don't watch that. TNA's version of... EV 2.0? Don't be watching that. Hardcore Justice? No, don't watch that. Oh, yeah, the Hardcore Justice, the... They had their own ECW faction, EV 2.0. No,
2: the original, like the very first... Yeah, the hardcore justice or whatever that they that one yes that is well worth watching. The other
1: reunion, if you're going to watch a reunion show, this is the one to watch.
2: Yeah, I'm but sorry. I'm just saying for true w- for true ECW fans though, or for true fans of hardcore just in general, those would be the three you'd want to check out. I thought our last match was awesome too. Great spots, flaming tables, whole nine yards.
1: For a plunder match, it was very. It was good.
2: very good. Dreamer bleeding like a stuffed pig was insane, though. Like, it, yeah, that was
1: that man needs a Band-Aid right it, away. He
2: needs more than he needs neosporin. He needs stitches. He needs the whole the whole thing. He needs a blood transfusion. Dreamer went into that night giving it his all. Let's put it that way. What are your thoughts on it? What do you think? What do you?
1: Well, I think it could have been even bigger of a success. It only. Sold about two hundred thousand pay-per-view buys because the way that the WWE promoted it, they would have plunder matches and Raw. Like they would have a couple ECW guys come out and hit each other with garbage cans and say, "You like that? Buy this thing." But had they promoted it properly, it could have done a lot more. And also, I wish that they had taken lessons learned from this show and said, "Well, that worked. You know, everyone seems to love this show. So when we..." Re- I mean they had no plans to relaunch ECW in 2005 but next year when they decide to relaunch it had they stuck to the formula could have been huge. I mean it could still be in business today yeah. as a brand. Yeah. Yeah. But really uh in today in 2017 WWE NXT does a lot. I mean it's not hardcore wrestling but as far as trying to be bringing in all the indie guys and having the more wrestling focused events and stuff it's Even if they had done something in that style, but I mean, ECW on Sci-Fi was just—it never was that. No. Well, and and WWE was never going to allow the level of violence that the original ECW had. So
2: the raw emotion that it had, the expletives and innuendos and.
1: It's time to review on our rating scale. ECW One Night Stand 2005. Patrick. From Hornswoggle to El Gigante, Giant Gonzalez, where do you rate ECW One I'm, I'm going to go
2: just a little bit under. I'm going to give it Andre the Giant.
1: I am going to give it a Mike Awesome, a very, very tall man. Could it, probably go higher, but I'll just pick Mike Awesome because he was on this show. It, I would give it an El Gigante,
2: except for the fact no Terry Funk. That's right. A few pieces were missing. No Raven. No Raven. Shane Douglas. And I'm sorry, but without
1: Shane, there really wouldn't have been an ECW. That's an exaggeration. He sucks. I'm glad they left him off. Fuck him. No. Yeah, he blows. Without him
2: throwing the title down, ECW would not have stood on its own. Too Cold Scorpio, who worked on Hardcore Homecoming, would have been cool. Yeah, we did miss too cold uh
1: if rvd didn't have a knee injury that was out of his control foley if he had wrestled yeah you'd get foley the next year
2: but yeah i mean there was a few pieces missing but other than that i think for a reunion show for its true form it's to the best of its ability
1: this was it so there you have at the end of retro wrestling podcast episode number 32 I think. They have added a lot of video to the network in the last week and so I wanted to for We're my pick for next week.
2: We're gonna jump on that, okay? What what, the, what is your pick? Where are we going next week?
1: We are going to July seventeenth, nineteen eighty nine for the debut of the Bobby Heenan show on Primetime Wrestling, where Bobby Heenan gets to be the tonight show host basically. Well,
2: I mean we love Bobby Heenan. We love Gorilla Monsoon.
1: And we love jobber matches, and we're going to get a lot of it. Oh, yeah. This episode features Rowdy Roddy Piper as Gorilla Monsoon's new co-host, the debut of him being the new co-host. Uh-oh. And then, of course, the Bobby Heenan show, which... Would we'll take over the second half of Primetime Wrestling. Delve into the history books and relive this show that I missed because I was like three years old. But I was one. Yeah, so now we can we can go back and watch. You can follow us online at Retro WrestlingPodcast.com on Twitter at RetroW Podcast. Follow, our follow Facebook page, Patrick Young right? Patrick Young or Patrick Young Wrestling, either one. And of course the Retro Wrestling Podcast. On Facebook, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps out when people search the term retro wrestling podcast. They will find us and not the other ones out there. So that does it. We're the best anyway. We're always, we're the best at everything. You know
2: why we're the best? Because we say it. No, because you have me. The world's greatest referee in professional wrestling history. I am the one and only Patrick Young. I'm intern Alex saying, as always, my closing line's a clothesline. Bingo, bango.
0: Again, you hear me? I sell pay-per-views. I sell pay-per-views. I sell pay-per-views. I sell pay-per-views. We can tell. We can tell. We can tell you have nobody writing your, your script because you suck as bad as you wrestling. Now you're a linguist. I've always wanted a bus driver chanting my name. Oh, and you're an entertaining son of a bitch. Oh, Mr. Charisma. please. We're talking to Bill Shakespeare now. As long as I got the chance to do it, that's all that mattered. You know why? You went bankrupt. You went bankrupt. Yeah. Where, where, where? Call a way ambulance. Hold on, where, where? Know, where? It's it's Mike. Mike. Uh, 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 we don't get hurt. We, uh, don't, we don't get hurt. <worth> <laughs> <aggressive laughs> We're oh, here to be here to this This the This is going to be a technical masterpiece. Yeah. Well, the Iron Sheik's lost the weight, hadn't he? <laughs> cocktail i refuse to watch this sober i absolutely refuse is, is it me or does ryan look like a big midget he, he is a large midget he's the world's largest midget i've either died to, and gone to hell or i'm in an ecw pay-per-view no well, you're an ecw pay-per-view am i really yeah because hell would be a lot better than hell would be better can you send a waitress to us i need a cocktail if i'm going to watch this crap Send a, send a beer girl. I need a cocktail if I gotta watch this. This is horrible. Tell her come up with a bunch of beers. I tip well. This, I cannot believe I'm, I'm sober. i need. We're getting a bunch of beer. I refuse to be sober during this. No, please, kill me. Are you sure I'm not in hell? This match completely kill my butt. I was drunk before I came out here. No wonder Paulie bounced so many checks. Yeah. These dumb asses. You can tell them you're paying $100, $100 $2,000, doesn't matter. And then ride them a rubber check. People, you make money. You make money here. Not here. Not here. You are with us. You are not with these people. You make money here. Damn it. You understand, Mason? I need a beer run. I need to go to the B-A-R. Where? I need to go to the B-A-R. I got to go to the B-A-R. All these guys are with each other and talking about having sex with girls. You oh, yeah. see something wrong here? <laughs> That's a good point. The amount of homosexual testosterone in this arena is huge. There's a lot of gay people. There's a lot of gay people saying that you have herpes. No. EEE, EEE, you in? I'll tell you one. Coming coming, 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 coming. more. I want some tail, darling. Some cocktail. Another beer. You ain't got an aggregate triple-digit IQ in the entire building. I didn't know that they had trailer parks in New York City, but I swear these people just left a NASCAR race where people drive left really damn fast and come straight to the wrestling arena. Yes. 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 it's This like watching paint dry. No, no, no. That's my doorman! That's my doorman! Hey! That's my doorman! That's my doorman! Yeah! That's my doorman! Hey! That's my doorman! That's my doorman! Yeah! That's my doorman! Yeah! Do you have any grass growing anywhere I can watch? I'm thinking about just... Can I take a dump over the rail? Yes! There's crap in the ring. Jerry Briscoe's rolling over in his grave, and he's not even dead. Boo! 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 That's all you got? That's your show? That's what you have to do when you can't wrestle? Paul for what? He's got a skull. He lives with his mommy. He's a corner liar, the And he can't balance a checkbook. And he drove the company into the ground. Genius. Absolute genius. Let's get bow down and worship. Come on, guy, with the baseball cap on. <laughs> Mr. Shooting Promo himself. Bounce, checks easy, oh, w- <laughs> no more business. Hey, John, I
1: Not Not
0: personal Not note me. from all of us just to you. I sold out the Garden. Since you want to shoot, you're a <laughs> The only reason you are W. didn't want to work Tuesday. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh boy, That got me. That got me. Oh, oh, Elizabeth. 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 oh, 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 with your blue hair. Don't find your porn star wife. That looks like a monkey screwing a basketball, him getting up there. Don't let your body to science fiction. Your you fat roly-poly pig. It looks like a blue-haired 800-pound Abraham Lincoln. Has anybody heard of the Atkins no, no. diet? I've never seen more fat guys go down at one time. Until I went to Big Show's family reunion and got all got drunk. It's like donut diving. <laughs> yeah, it is. Next Taz is gonna come run under the bottom rope. I've heard a music fest is a fat fest. <laughs> who were those other fat guys that came in? I know the Dudleys. Yeah. I know Tommy. I even know Sandman. Yeah. The other fat guys, who were they? Oh my god! You can hear the paint dry. Here comes the most boring man in the history of boring. Wow. Last Storm couldn't fill an arena if you gave away free beer with free tickets. They say he's retiring today. You know if a tree falls in the forest, nobody hears it, does it really happen?